You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us for another episode of The Extra Point. My name is Jared Bodker. I'm the worship pastor here at Southridge Church, filling in for Pastor Cheryl, our Next Steps in Discipleship pastor. Uh, We are joined today by Hope Meadows, our guest speaker from this past Sunday, as we were in week two of our Sandcastle sermon series. Um, You did a wonderful job. Thank you. I enjoyed the sermon tremendously. Um, I just love studying the Old Testament and just like the different things that you can pick up and just just look at things in a new light. It's just always it's always exciting. There's like always something fun and new to learn about that. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to kind of get into from your sermon this past Sunday was this Nazarite vow yes. that Samson took um, and and kind of begin to get a little bit more of an understanding of the importance of it. So if you can, can you recap a little bit about it and maybe just talk a little bit more about like what it, like why it was so important to have this vow? Sure. Well, to just give you a little bit of basic background and, and where you can find it um, located in the scriptures, we see it first in the book of Numbers in chapter 6. And um, we see that Samson was a Nazarite from birth, which, you know, that was mentioned in the sermon. And uh, he was one of three. And so he was the first. Then we have um, the high priest or prophet Samuel. Mm -hmm. And then we have in the New Testament, we have John the Baptist. And so these three were um, ordained by God, set apart, if you will, because like I said uh, in my sermon, the Nazarite vow comes from the root Hebrew word, and it's called Nazir, and it's capital N-A-Z-I-R, and it means to separate or to consecrate. And so there are times when it, it just kind of reminds me of fasting, Mm-hmm. You know, when we take that, that moment, a season of time in our Christian walk to set ourselves apart for whatever the Lord has for us. That's good. Um, we, we separate ourselves from, you know, it, during fasting from food or, uh, you know, many different other things. But for this, um, it, it was just a time where um, with fasting, we kind of do it privately yeah. But if you're taking on the Nazarite vow, it was something that was seen, um, you know, outwardly. Because we look and we see in numbers, it gives you, gosh, it gives you the whole full layout of it all, how it was supposed to work from beginning to end. Yeah. And um, with that, there were, you know, kind of five stipulations, five steps or whatever that you would go through yeah. with the Nazarite vow. Um one, it was, I have to look at my notes, so sorry. That's all right. Was this for like a specific set of time it or was is. it for like your whole life? That's, well, we see here that for, um, and this is just what I'm gathering because listen, I'm not a theologian, okay? I'm yeah. just, I'm learning as I read the word of God. But for uh, Samson, for Samuel, and for John the Baptist, those three were giving that from birth. So I'm taking that. So since they were given that 
as a, you know, a consecration, a separation from before they were even born, the Lord would say that. So it lasted. It was for the duration of their life Yeah, for those three. But just for the simple Nazarite vow, it was just for a certain season. Gotcha. Certain For a certain length of time, it was something that was voluntarily done. Um, it could be a man or a woman. It was set, like we said, for a specific time, and there were specific requirements and restrictions. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the same thing that we talked about with Samson. Um, you had to abstain from anything from the vine, uh, grape juice, um, vinegar. You know, they had vinegar that would be mixed with grape um, juice and things like that. Wine, you couldn't eat raisins. Um, stay away from the skins, the seeds, all of those things you had to abstain with. Also, you could not cut your hair this time, which is what I was referring to when we were talking about fasting being, you know, a private matter. Yeah. This was an outward matter because you wouldn't cut your hair at all for the whole length of the vow. And it was an outward sign, and people were new, knew uh, that you were separating yourself. You were in a season where it was just you and the Lord. Yeah. And so then, of course, the third thing is, is that you had to um, not be anywhere near um, anything dead, which is, you know, humans um, or animals, because it would make them ceremonially unclean. Yeah. And so even in the scripture, I I just love it. It says, okay, what happens if a Nazarite (laughs) is in the process of, uh, you know, of fulfilling their vow and they're in a room, whether it be their mother, their father, cousin, brother, sister, what have you, child, and they just instantly fall over dead. The word of God says, well, guess what? You go through a period of cleansing. Yeah. And then you start your vow completely back over. And you start growing your hair out again. And and you also have to shave your head during that time. Yeah. So the Lord is just very specific in scriptures. And that comes from the book of Numbers. Um, we can look in there and see um, that as a reference. But it, it's just, it, it's something, um, it's just something very unusual. I see that, you know, we look in the Old Testament and we see we have rules, we have regulations, we have rituals. Yeah. But, and, and these are all somewhat outside things that we have to display. But when we see the, the New Testament, and, and I spoke about that, the, the types in quotation marks, Eric yeah. quotes, um, the New Nazarite vow, it signifies something that happens on the inside. Yeah. And it, it just shows, you know, you were talking about your, you love the Old Testament and everything about it. What I love about the Old Testament the most is that when you look at just about every person, every story, every piece of scripture, it points to Jesus. You see some type of foreshadowing, some type of, um, uh, you know, just, uh, uh foreshadowing of Christ of who he is yeah to come and by faith that they accepted that and that's they were looking to that yeah and so that's so good uh, I think that um, 
uh, and we'll touch base on, on this later, uh, just as like a follow up of this, of this quote unquote, the new Nazarite <laughs> vow, so to speak. But um, going back to Samson, I find it funny how, like, if you look at his life, how one bad decision for him just kind of started to lead him down a path of a lot of bad decisions. Correct. Um, and one of the things that I found, like, extremely interesting was um, the the decision that he made to go against what his parents was asking him not to do and to try to marry this specific woman who was not part of the of the of of the area or his tribe or so to speak um and and then he went against it and then you just start to see like this history of bad decisions yes that go completely against this vow and this lifestyle change that he that he vowed to 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 take on for forever you know, by not cutting his hair, by abstaining and staying away from dead things and grapes and all of that. Um, and I, I wanted to to just kind of like just say like it's it I, I, I see with Samson on the side of like how one bad decision can can lead to a lifestyle of bad decisions. Yes. And so like in a sense like him and him and my story are similar because i made a bad decision just to start hanging out with with just some riffraff type of people and then it led me down this lifestyle mm. for years and you know 15 years right. of of addiction and drug abuse um and i think it's always funny how god is always still calling people to him even yes. during this whole process yes um, and how the Holy Spirit now, we, you know, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, being with us wherever we go now. Right. But uh, it just always kind of nudging us and, and, and leading us back to him, even though we are knee deep or waist deep in the mud and in the yuck. Neck deep. <laughs> yeah, neck deep. Yeah, drowning in, in, our, yes. in our sins and our lifestyle. Um. And one of the things that I found really interesting that I'm just super grateful that I was spared from was even though that Samson had his quote unquote coming home story, he was, he ultimately ended up paying with it for, you know, he, his life was taken from him, um, through his redemption. Yes. Um, and I, it's kind of weird how sometimes that, you see a lot of that um, in life. You mm. see it in the Bible. You see it in the life, how the redemption. But how are some things that we can continue to do as Christians to make sure that our foundations are strong? And this is kind of getting back into this new Nazarite vow because we don't want to see people go down the path of right. of, of, of drowning in, right. in bad decisions. What are some things that we can do as Christ followers that continues to to maintain these strong foundations. That way we don't lose our footing. Right. Absolutely. So we'll go into the new quote unquote Nazarite vow and it comes from Romans chapter twelve. Yeah. Um that's what I referenced in my sermon, verses one and two. And for one, you know, I always have to stop there because at the very beginning because it talks about the mercy of God. Yeah, And, you know, it, it is his just, you know, uh, 
gosh, I don't even know how to just, you know, undescribable mercy. Yeah. You know, how, how do you, how do you put a price tag, you know, on something, you know, when you should have deserved death, you do deserve death, but yet because of his mercy, he gives you life and life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And he also gives us the tools in which to change the course. Yeah. I don't care if you are drowning, if you're in over your head. That's the whole beautiful picture of Christ is that the word of God says that Christ came for freedom. Yeah. And he can he can come in and he can uh show you, you know, through the word of God how to start coming out of these areas in our lives. And so the first point that I hit on that was one, it says to present yourselves to prevent, to, you know, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And so how do we do that? We do that through obedience. Yeah. You know, um, just, it, you, it just takes your first step. Yeah. The first step of obedience, you know, in saying, listen, I, this is a decision my flesh wants to make. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not going to do that because it's contrary to the word of God. Yeah, and I'm going to back up and I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, another route. So when we decide to step out into that obedience, it, it's just like anything else. You know, when we go to the gym and we start working out, that first workout, yeah, whew, it's rough for sure. <laughs> you know, but the more we start stepping out in obedience. Let me tell you, it's just like exercising a muscle. The stronger you become, your mind becomes to do that. Your body wants to do that. It, yeah. it starts bending to his will. Yep. And so that's the first thing that we have to do is, you know, we, we've got to present our bodies, you know, and that's what I said. Present means once and for all. Yeah. It means we make our mind up, you know, during that, I just, um, I think it was the first service I mentioned that I was just recently diagnosed, you know, as diabetic. Well, I I can't go back to eating all the bread and all the pasta and all the chocolate that I want. Ice cream. Ice cream. That's my, that's my, that's my, my my downfall. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But we can't allow ourselves to indulge in those things, even though that that's what my flesh wants. I have to make that decision to be obedient to what I know. Um, those parameters that have been set for me, which is, you know, no sugar, no bread, no pasta, you know, those types of things. And thank God, I mean, you don't have any idea how many times I thank God for sugar-free candy or, (laughs) you know, and you just, you just have to read those labels and things like that. But these are steps that I've had to take in my life now um, to align myself back up because this body should be presented to God holy you know and and my body is the temple so i have to get that under submission and it is it's a fight between my flesh and what i want and what i desire and what is good and what is right and what is holy yeah and so we we have that struggle the second thing that i wanted um to mention with the new nazarite vow is that we have to um it says to not conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
and you know we've talked about transform um coming into the english language as the word metamorphosis yeah and i just love that that word in itself i loved i'm a science person a math and science person so i loved studying that in science and knowing that there are inside things that happen that begin to line up that begin to um you know there are exchanges made within a system that produces an outside change yeah and so we've got to be able to do that we and it's talking about the holy spirit coming in and i'm old school i say holy ghost it's very hard for me sometimes to say holy spirit but but they're one and the same if i say it so um (laughs) so anyways but when we when we allow the holy ghost to come in and start taking charge and start we start allowing him to have full reign of our body of our mind let me tell you it that's a transformation from within because now like i said even even in the situation of my recent diagnosis i can ask the holy spirit holy spirit you know is this what i should have is this help me find this help me help me say no to this yeah and the holy ghost is always faithful he has never failed me once since then. Yeah. It, I'm, I mean, it has just been, it's been a great process to see that he can even work in that situation. Yeah. All right. And it not only goes to the natural situations in our lives, but it goes to the spiritual side as well. Yeah. So we have to, you know, be careful with that. I um, want to interject there sure. just real quick. So. I'm a, I'm a huge documentary nut. And so there, whenever you talked about this on Sunday, it just kind of popped in my mind. So I watch all kinds of animal documentaries. And if it's narrated by David Attenborough, it's like, it's, (laughs) I've already seen it. I've seen them all. Um, and I've been that way since I was a little kid, but there's this story of this, uh, this type of moth caterpillar, right? Uh And it lives up in the Northern, like, almost like right on the edge of like nothing can exist in Canada, you know, wow. like, cause it's always cold or whatever. Yes. So it lives on this edge. And, uh, obviously we know the story in the history of caterpillars. What they do is they eat, 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 eat. And, you know, as soon as they get their fill, they, they build a cocoon around them and then they have this transformation. And so it's just wired in their DNA. Right. right. Yes. So if you look at it this way, um, you know, we were created for worship and we were created to be uh, uh, just to be Christ followers, you know, yes. to always be worshiping and, and following and listening to God. And then obviously the fall of Manhattan. So if you look back at this caterpillar, it's always in his nature to change. Yes. Okay. But it can happen any time from one to two to five to 14 years later. Yes. Because it's not following the instinct that it knows that it has to happen. Mm. It's doing its own thing. And so what happens is, is that it has this certain type of protein enzyme or whatever that's inside of it. So whenever the snow comes, it protects it from the ice and everything else like that. But whenever the snow melts, it gets back up and just starts doing whatever it wants. Wow. Until it finally succumbs and answers the call that is in its DNA to build the cocoon around it to transform into something beautiful. Yes. And I find that we often do those things. We go through life and we're just doing our own thing. Right. We're just waking up. We just do whatever Jared wants. We do whatever hope wants. And and, but we always have this, 
this this call this in air, this this nature in us that is drawing us to God because yes. we are created by him right and we were created to worship him and until we answer and 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 get back in line with what is in our DNA to oh, be a Christ worshipper yes then then you know we're just going to go through life and just continue to be just doing whatever and we're not going to have the opportunity to yes. to bloom and blossom into what God fully intended for us Ooh, go ahead with that pastor that was good i know that was like the first time like a documentary helped me out <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like go ahead i'm just gonna sit here and, and let you preach for a minute <laughs> oh no I, it just, I wanted to share that um i wanted to share that just because it was just so it was just so it just rang so loud in my in my heart yes. and in my head and i was just like man somebody's got to hear that today like you just gotta you gotta you got to listen to what God is. Yes. God is calling you. He's yes. calling you. And he's saying, look, you know, there's going to be a, a period where this transformation is going to happen. And it may not be the most exciting, beautiful thing, because it's a lot of the stuff that you see that you don't see because there's yes. this cocoon around you. But whenever you are freed from, from that, that transformation, th- I mean, then the, all the world looks at you in awe and wonder and is like, what happened? Absolutely. Like something beautiful has has changed in your life absolutely and i think that's one of the most beautiful things and of course you know when you're talking about the nazarite vow old nazarite vow okay we're going back to that and it is an outside you had to have that outside um form of you know letting your hair grow long so people knew that you were separated yeah but how much more beauty is there to behold when you see someone who you know has had a rough past, so to speak, yeah, you know, or they've lived like the devil, as we say, yeah, um, you know, they they've just done, they've just been a hot mess, you know, or even if they've just been humdrum, yeah, you know, nothing extraordinary, just everything you know exactly as you would expect and then all of a sudden those people have this encounter with the holy ghost and he begins to work in their lives yeah and you just are like wow you know there's to me there's nothing nothing that can compare to seeing somebody who accepts the lord as their savior and begins to walk in their calling for sure you know it's just it it's just the most beautiful transformation to be able to see that yeah to me is a gift oh yeah and, and I and I love that to be able to see um, and to go back into scripture and to see how Samson was you know because like I said you know in my sermon there are decisions I've made in my life yeah you know that you know we're not right yep. we're not godly but uh, it goes back to the the scripture that I shared in Ecclesiastes, and it talks about the beginning is great, but how it ends, <laughs> that's the yeah. most beautiful part of the picture. Yeah. And so that's what we have to look at. You know, it's not just how we begin, but it's how do we finish, and do we finish well? Yep. And, you know, that's, that is absolutely part of the Nazarite vow. 
you know, it's not just how you begin it, yeah. but do you complete it? Yep. You know, and, and, and what does that look like at the end? That's good. Well, uh, did you, t- did you touch on your third, on the third oh, one? And, and so my third one is, is that, you know, we've, we've talked about this. We've got to submit our will to his, mm. um, you know, that's the, that's the third part. We have got to absolutely say, listen, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Yeah. You know, and, and how do we do that? We do that through prayer, just like he did when mm-hmm. he was in the garden and he was getting ready to go to the cross and listen, you know, he was human and God at the same time. And so he had that, listen, the word of God says that he was familiar with every one of our, um, you know, insecurities with every one of our doubts. He, you know, he's dealt with all of those feelings. And so, you know, he wrestled too with, you know, I don't want to go, but I want to go. Yeah. And so I'm submitting my will to yours, Father. Yeah. And in that process, when we do that, his will becomes our will. His desire becomes our desire. And that in itself is another beautiful transformation as well. Yeah. Of just where the Holy Ghost comes and and just begins to, to woo us and love us and show us this is the right way. Yeah. And thank God for Christ that he did. Oh, for sure. You know, or where would we be? <laughs> you know. Growing we, our hair long. You, you got that right. <laughs> and not shaving and, and don't touch grapes. I would be the one starting over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you shaved your head again. That's like the third time this week. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's so good. So good. Um, I... I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, I can't wait to, to, you know, I don't want to, Scott's obviously the lead pastor. And then the next time that you preach, I'm just looking forward to it. You oh, know, no, you. no, no offense to Scott. I mean, he does Absolutely. an amazing job every yeah, single week, but he's awesome. um, I just love that, uh, the, the people that he trusts enough to have up on the stage and, and they, we know that they're going to follow the Lord's heart and his leading and his guiding. Yeah um, to present the word. And it's always just so, so, so good. We just have a really good team. I should say yeah, we do. We have, we have a really good We're team of, of a lot of great and talented speakers, um, here at Southridge church. Um, but once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Um, and thank you so much to everyone who listened. Um, join us next week as we, uh, dive into week three of our Sandcastle series and, uh, y'all have a wonderful week. Be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.